Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine. Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. On SAFM. So as the world marks the CS 16 days of activism uh, against gender-based violence, we do so acutely aware that 2020 has been like no other year. Now, according to the United States, about 243 million women and girls were abused by an intimate partner in the last 12 months. Bafana Kumalo is the co-chairperson of Men Engage Alliance. He's also a co-founder of Sonke Gender Justice. Joining us on the line to really help us unpack these numbers, 243 million women and girls were abused by an intimate partner in only the last 12 months. Good afternoon, Bafana. Bafana, good afternoon and welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. Good afternoon to your listeners as well. Help us unpack these numbers. 243 million women and girls were abused by intimate partners in the last 12 months. Could you unpack us for us this data? Which regions are we talking about? Well, uh, uh, these are global figures. Um, the UN has re- released a study recently which actually indicates that um, if one looks at the lockdown regimes that were introduced at the global level, we have seen uh, numbers of intimate partner violence skyrocketing three times the, re- the, the average numbers that we are used to. <laughs> what, what this means, Pimelo, is that the pandemic of COVID has actually exacerbated another pandemic of gender-based violence, and the numbers are horrifying. Mm. There's no other way of describing them. We, we know, though, that these numbers don't quite necessarily reflect what really is happening on the ground. Women say that they're afraid to report these cases because these are people that they live with. Just elaborate for us to what extent are these numbers outside of what we think is actually happening? Well, if one looks at the South African uh, situation, we know that at least one out of eight women report cases of violence um, if you come to rape, it's actually the statistics are even more horrifying because many people don't trust the system. <clears throat> Women report that they go to the police station. I'm sure you would have picked up even the minister of police last night making a, a, a horrifying statement that police are not social workers because women will tell you they go to police stations and the police behind the desk would tell them, no, go back and negotiate talk to your partner, resolve these matters. Now, these are cases that usually are serious because we know that not every woman goes to the police station as a first form of response to any form of violence. In many instances, women try and find other alternatives, either talking to the partner, calling in friends or family. When it actually gets to a point that they go to the police station, it's usually because the matter is now very, very serious. And so it was quite remarkable for me to hear the, the minister actually testifying publicly that his members are sending women back home to go and negotiate with abusers. And he then wants women to say, we know that you will come back two times, but the third time you will not come back because chances are that person would have killed you. Now, I wish that you know, he would have been talking more sternly 
to the police. Because indeed, if we are to stop the the tide against gender-based violence, we need everybody in society to take this very, very serious. You know, even if somebody comes the first time, you can't say, no, it's not too serious because he just slept you. You know, any form of violence is a, a sign of a very serious symptom of abuse. You know, Bafana, this, this comes to my question that I've been asking for the past two days, because we see um, a lot of initiatives pop up you know, uh, maybe in silos, but but there's a lot that that we've been seeing going on, initiatives that are that are geared towards curbing this this violence. But the effects are not seen on the ground. So in other words, there there is a lot happening and yet the results are not there. Could this part be part of the problem? And and I want to point to a case that I that still baffles me. There's a there's a case at the moment that you know of in of an MEC, um a former MEC in South Africa who who's just asked for their for for a relaxation of their bail conditions you see i'm i'm a bit confused because we have government that has got um an activation at the moment now in fact we'll even speak to another government uh, official in a short while um and yet you just spoke about what what you heard yesterday from the ministry of police and there's also the other side where i'm hearing that there was an application for this person who's raped his own children for their bail hearing to be relaxed because they need to go on duty by a, a political party that we are supposed to be led by. So I'm, I'm really confused. Well, uh, is this where the problem is? That we say one thing and that on, on the ground we do something else? Pimelo, I'm not. I'm not just concerned. I'm angry actually because it, it, this is what we've been saying as a society that uh, you know our, our government will say one thing and then we do the opposite of what we are saying. The fact that this this man belongs to the ruling party led by a president who has signed up to a national strategic plan that is galvanizing all of us in society to rally around this pandemic of gender-based violence. And yet his party allows him and actually supports him to say, no, relax the pain so that this man can do party work. Mm-hmm. So in, what in essence this says to us as a society is that we are on our own. You know, we can never trust political parties to live up to their own commitments. When they continue to issue rhetoric about support, for efforts to end gender-based violence, we always need to take that with a pinch of salt because when it affects their own members, you then see their hypocrisy. And this is a very good example of that. But, Pinelo, I'm saying I'm angry because at the same time, you will be aware that a certain prophet who has run away from his bail conditions abused women, three women, who had laid charges against him two years ago and only now, the NTA, because this man is in the limelight, is in the front news of the stories, they are issuing summons for his arrest, when for two years those cases have not moved. What message are we sending to these young women who have been ex- uh, uh, raped, violated by uh, somebody that they should have trusted, who is a faith leader, and yet the state looked the other way for two years? And now, because this man, everybody is hounding him for what he has done, Suddenly, MPA has woken up to remember that, by the way, we have these rape cases that were reported against this man. Mm-hmm. So it sends this message that 
women actually are on their own in this country, you know, because nobody seems to care, mm. you know, and we will all jump up when something frantic happens and uh, issue statements. But what does that mean if we don't really live up to the commitments that we make to say we want to make violence against women something of the past in our in our country. Yeah. Unfortunately, at the moment, there's no indication that we are serious to turn the tide okay. against gender abuse violence. Let's take a quick voice note and we'll be back with more of, of our conversation, Bafana, and maybe let's just hear what um, some of our callers are saying. Good afternoon, SAFM and the listeners. Um, Lung is here in Peter Marusberg. I would like to comment on the issue of uh, gender-based violence. I think the reason why we're not seeing any difference, like on about all these uh, organizations that we've heard of, they talk about uh, gender based against women and children, men are trash, this and that. But I've never heard of any organization that is looking at what causes the gender-based violence, why men are so angry. I think until someone actually starts looking at it from that direction, because according to my understanding, you can't fix a leaking roof by putting a bucket on the floor. But you can fix a leaking roof by finding out where is it leaking, what is causing the leak, and then you'll fix the leak. Thank you. All right, Bafana, you are a part of a coalition with many, many other organizations. He's saying that nobody looks at the cause. Is it true? Are you guys looking at the cause? Well, that, that's not true. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm embarrassed to listen to another man yet almost excusing gender-based violence. We all know what are the causes of gender violence. What are the causes? What are the causes? What are the causes? toxic masculinities. It's men who think they own women female. You know, I mean, the caller says, we don't ask what is happening. Men are angry. So why is that the problem of women that men are angry? What got men's anger to do with women's safety and respect and dignity? In other words, he is saying to us, we must understand the excuses that men put across, why they are actually abusive to women. And, and for me, I don't think really we should take such kinds of uh, submissions any seriously. Because the truth of the matter, we know. People who do these things, they do it because they think they've got power over those that they want to do it against. By the way, the violence that we see by men is not just violence on women. We also see the same on children. Because children are defenseless. Because children have got no power. The very same men who are violent, who meet out this violence against women, many of them will never do the same to other men. Because they know that they will get their, their match there. So they will go and do it to those that they think, obviously, they will never retaliate. They will never fight back. And it's easier than to attack those that you consider to be weaker than you. We also see this kind of violence you know, on people of sexual, a different sexual orientation. Simply because our society believes in the binary that you're either a man or you're a woman. So if you behave in a manner that we don't think you actually exemplifying what we accept in this binary of heteronormativity, the belief that the world is controlled by men and those that are looking like men must behave like men, act like men, 
And if they exemplify any form of what we consider not to be conforming, we will show them. And similarly, we see a lot of violence against black lesbians in particular in South Africa. Because there's this notion that if a woman does not want sexual advances to a man, it's because she has never had, you know, a real man. And therefore, these men believe we will show you what you are missing as it were. And then they will rape and do all sorts of dastardly acts on, 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 on women, that those that they consider not to be conforming to the world as they see it. So at the basis of all of this is passivity and it's toxic masculinities. And as men, we don't want to accept that because nobody wants to confront this ugly side of what it means to be a toxic man. Buti is calling us from Katlehong. Buti, good afternoon. Hello, ma'am. I'm sorry. What's that uh, topic here? Mm. I would like to, uh, uh, to, to get it from another way because this morning, mm. I'm going to the elder cousins, Sabona. In fact, there were many of them, many, many, I think about eight or nine, mm-hmm. more, one. Mm-hmm. But when they were young, he actually, Baba introduced her sex, or Balbanyan. And Baba and some of them, they claim more. So I was wondering, maybe it can be one of the reasons why men are so angry. Maybe it could be one of the reasons. Thank you very much. So Budi is asking if we can look at, um, you know, some of, the backgrounds of perpetrators, Bafana, and and what what do your studies tell you about that? Well, we we know, Pinelo, that young young men who are exposed to violence at home mm. will also act violently mm-hmm. when they grow up. Mm. We know that young women who are exposed to seeing their mothers being abused mm. are very likely to be uh, non-resistant to abusive partners because they would have grown up thinking this mm-hmm. is the way that women mm-hmm. are, should be treated. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that young men who are sodomized, mm-hmm. you know, raped by their other uncles mm-hmm. or fathers, you know, tend to retaliate when they grow up, either by doing the same to younger men mm-hmm. or doing it to younger women. Mm-hmm. And, and so all of these things are contributory factors to what... The, 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 the dysfunction that we see in our society. But uh, uh, I think the bigger picture for me is the notion that uh, we are a patriarchal society. And in South Africa, there seems to be a resistance to accept that. Because if you have a system that already outlines that there are some who are more important than others, and that others must be listened to, others must be taken seriously, and others must be respected when they talk, it almost gives permission for people to belong, to behave so, in a particular way. So, so Bafana, you know, let's... During let, the apartheid regime, mm-hmm. 
you only know how white people were treating black people. Mm. Because they had a permission that was defined ideologically, even within their religious beliefs, yeah. that black people actually are not human beings. So, they are less than human beings. And therefore it gave them permission to, to, to dispense whatever they thought you know, was appropriate to black people. And, and it's the same thing that we see with gender discrimination. Bafana, let's let's hone in on that a little bit because it's one thing to to do what you believe is wrong and and forge ahead in knowing that you are wrong. And perhaps just maybe part of the rejection of this notion that is patriarchy is when somebody has been brought up to to believe that it is the norm. It is a cultural practice. It is what we do. Perhaps therein lies the problem. And and for me, if that is something that's ingrained in you, you've seen it growing up, it's been what's been done, you know that people in the home beat each other up. Uh, what Buti is saying is that this is what we do. If this is, we have sexual acts in the home that are inappropriate, but you don't see it as inappropriate because you've grown up with that. How do we then change yeah. that? How do we shift that consciousness? Because if this is something that you've been brought up with, it's very hard to hear what you're saying. Even if, Bafana, what you're saying makes sense to me, but if I've been brought up to believe that having sexual acts and with children is the norm, beating each other up in the house is the norm, what's going to make me hear you differently, Bafana? Well, I mean, um, at, at Sonka we have a program where we talk about positive parenting and we talk about positive fatherhood. Um, part of the challenge we have, um, female, is that in our society, you know, you, you need a license to own a firearm. You need a license to drive a car. But nobody trains you to be a parent. You know, everybody assumes that as long as you've grown up, you will be a parent. And many people are struggling with simple things, how to provide uh, support to your children, what kind of positive discipline do you meet out when there is a challenge? Because we've grown up believing the only way to discipline a child is to spank them. Mm. You know, and, and so children also grow up thinking that use of violence to resolve conflict is a normal way of doing things. So we need to go back and deconstruct our socialization modes. What are the things that we are teaching to our children from home? You know, how to ensure that boys learn to respect their sisters from home. Boys learn that there are chores that must be done at home as part of their contribution as a member of the family. Boys need to learn that they need to respect, you know, a, a women just like they respect their mother. You know, and, and all of these things for me require that we as a society need to go back and say, how do we bring up different boys? Because... And people would say, maybe for some of us who are older, you know, you can take a horse to the river, but you can't force it to drink. Mm. And it may be difficult to convince people of my age or older that this is wrong. But mm. let's plan for the next generation. This can be the narrative for future generations. Mm. And it's... so we emphasize on doing work with children in schools, with boys out of, out of school, on how it, what does it mean? the narrative of being a man. How do we redefine this notion of manhood? Yeah. You, you, you mentioned earlier in your example, Pinella, that some people will give an example and say, no, 
I'm doing this because my culture allows me to mm, do this. Mm, mm. All the time, people say things that they are uh, ascribing to culture which are not cultural. Because I can tell you, Pimelo, that there is no culture that says for you to prove your manhood must be abusive to your partner. On the contrary, all cultures that, as a, a student of culture, that has gone through, they all say you need to respect women. You need to treat women with, with, with respect because these are people that are bringing back, these are bringing life, you know, into being. How you treat women, you need to always be very, very circumspect in how you relate to women. Yeah, That's, but... There's a special you know, place and whatever. But you know, Bafana, people... That, that, people that, 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 I beg your pardon. I was also going to say, but people also then um, use culture, not necessarily in its right context, right? So often when somebody wants to manipulate an argument, they would take it out of context, even though, as you are saying, no culture actually promotes it. But people will take it out of context. I just want to quickly go to Lawrence from Durban. Hi, Lawrence. Hi, hi. uh, How are you? I'm well. Thanks for calling, Lawrence. Good, good, good. No, I just want to share a story. There's a question that you asked when you start your conversation. Yeah. Where we, yes. where we're getting it from? Yes. Because it's an everyday this issue of cheating mm. is being discussed. Mm. But um, you see, according to my own experience, mm. I've got a case of 2018 mm-hmm. till today is not resolved mm-hmm. for my daughter. Yeah. It includes about five women, mm-hmm. which is my mother-in-law, mm-hmm. my grandmother-in-law, mm-hmm. my sister, my two sisters-in-law, yeah. and the perpetrator, which is the uncle of my son, mm. they at Mulazi. I'm talking about the case that is still on now. Mm. So... This thing happened, uh, the uncle raped my daughter mm. in a house. Mm. Then the family, because me, I'm working, mm. uh, my fiance, she was my fiance at that time, we married now. My wife, she was working. She didn't know what's going on. Mm. She comes at night, she goes. When she comes, one of the days, she was called by social workers at school. Of my, of my of my daughter, I won't mention my daughter's name. Yes. But social worker call her. They call her and ask her because they can see the progress. She's going down. When she asked her, she revealed the secret that, no, there is a secret I've been hiding to my father and my mother, mm. to my parents. Mm. Because of my family, mm. grandmother, grand-grandmother and the grandmother and sister, mm. because... She revealed that her uncle, she raped, he raped her. <laughs> but the family now, they wanted to discuss that. They wanted to hide all these things from us as a parents and from the community. I, I, I want you to underline one thing. Yeah. I'm talking about women. four women. Yeah. Yeah. And this happens four so women. often. This happens so and often, Bafan. You know, and this thing is keeping happening at home. It's end up catching by a teacher. Teacher, fortunately, is a social worker. One of the teachers is a social worker at a school. She's a, she's a social worker. Then they approach her. They saw there's something wrong. And she told them this. They put her to the in hospital. They, really, there was proof that this uh, young lady, she's been raped. 
Lawrence, uh, it's an important point that you bring. I don't want to drop it here because um, we have to go to the headlines. Let me just ask you to hold on. We'll call you back in a short while. I'll come back to you, Bafana, because this is part of the narrative we also need to discuss. Let me go to Utsi Lesaku in the meantime, though, at 2.30 for the very latest in headlines. At SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutile on Twitter. We had to take a break because we needed to go to the headlines, but we had a call uh, from Lawrence in Durban who is bringing up a point that I think is so, so important. And Bafana uh, Kumalo is with us. He's a co-chairperson of Men Engage Lines. He's also a co-founder of Sonka Gender Justice. Bafana, I want us to come here because the notion that all women are allies is not true. And it's it's the very dark thing that we 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 assume that every woman who is aware of an abuser is always going to be on the side of the victim. It's not true. There are women who are themselves just as guilty as the perpetrators because they are allies with the perpetrators. They hide behind family dynamics and unity, and that we need to discuss, Bafana. Yes, that's, that's true, Pimelo, but uh, I just want to underscore the point that I made earlier. Mm-hmm. Patriarchy is not just bad for men, mm. it's bad for women as well. Mm. Because women in the society we live in, there are women who have, what is the term, um, ingratiated themselves closer to patriarchy. Because mm. so there's a notion that to be a strong leader, to or even to the leader in society, you must act the way that men act, mm. which is to pick up the wrong things, the bad things that men pick up, and therefore attribute them as characters of what it means to be a good leader. And this we should not be surprised by. Remember that even in our country, Timelo, when the big leaders committed these acts of sexual violence against women, who were the people who were supporting them? Mm. It was not other men. Mm. On the main, it was women who went and danced in court in the case of crazy, you know. When uh, the former deputy minister, Manana, mm-hmm. assaulted women uh, in, a, in a bar, it was not men who were standing next to him. It was women who were pro- protecting him. Mm-hmm. In fact, justifying that he's such a good man, he just had a lapse of behavior it, and all of that. So, in fact, the case of the, the MEC, that, the, po- the case of the former MEC, his wife is adamant that he's a good man. He's a good leader. He's a good man. And in fact, she, as, a, as she testifies, she says, no, she thinks he's okay. She supports him. You know, Pimelo, I was in the commission, the gender commission a few years ago. I was shocked a few years ago, working in Limpopo, working with an MEC there who called me to an office with a similar case of a man in a village, married to a nurse, a teacher himself, who raped all his daughters. And the, it, I think it was the fourth or the third daughter who, because of the life skills teaching the school, talked to a teacher and said, my father is doing this thing. And these are the things that you are saying we should not allow people to do it to us. And as they confront that family, you will be shocked, Pimelo. The mother says, no, I know that he is doing this mm-hmm. thing. I actually prefer that he does this at home Absolutely. than to go around having women in the village. Yeah. This is a mother. Yeah, that's, so, that's what she said. Yeah. You know, when, when people have assumed patriarchal notions, you know, it's very difficult to uh, separate them, their agency, with 
what they have identified themselves with, which is the system in essence, you know, so that, you know, Bafana, we how, young women who will tell you how that do my we, father is doing this and my mother is actually is supporting saying, it. no, I'm lying. How do we you know? support a Lawrence who is surrounded by women who are protecting the perpetrator? Well, I would say to Lawrence, in fact, um, if, if, if Ndosha, they've taken uh, his contact, he can get in touch with okay. us. I think we should not allow men like him who really want to stand for the truth and ensure that there is justice for, for his uh, young daughter, mm. that they should be frustrated by, you know, uh, either family or systems that put pressure on you in the community not to hold the uncle accountable. Mm. There are ways in which uh, they can be supported because sometimes you find that the family is overbearing, they get to the police, they yeah. find ways of making the case go away. They can get in touch with us. We will do our best to ensure that justice is served. Lawrence, what's important is for you not to feel alone. We're going to help you with this. Thank you so much for calling us. Thank you for bringing this up. Bafana Kumalo is a co-chairperson of Men Engage Alliance. He's also a co-founder of Sonka Gender Justice. Thank you for that very, very honest and very difficult conversation there. It brings us to this point. Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. And the point is that the SABC has partnered with an artist, Berita, and is releasing a powerful song called Angitublali. And uh, this is a collaborative 16 days of activism campaign. And the campaign is Don't Turn a Blind Eye. I, I'm sure you would have heard the song on earlier programs and uh, you will be hearing the song often on the radio station it is really the sabc's attempt of doing their bit to try as i said you know there's a lot going on many of us are trying to um to do our bit to try and and skirt just just curb this this what is a pandemic i think of gender-based violence and so you'll hear many of us trying to do what we can do in our little corners um the song is by the artist called berita and it is an in association with sabc
Bulali by Berita, and that's in association with the SABC in really our attempts to, to just curb this uh, gender-based violence. As we know, we started the campaign of 16 days of activism.